welcome, welcome to Wellbeing Wednesdays, your weekly podcast brought to you by the Office of Student Wellness here at West Virginia University. I am your host, Courtney Weaver. I'm the director over at WellWVU. I am joined today by not one, but two different guests. Uh, both of them are representing our campus recreation department. We have Andrew Darling, who is the director of Campus Rec, and then we have Sarah Zegg, who is the coordinator for research at Campus Recreation. So I'm gonna give them a, a second or two to introduce themselves and their role at the university. So uh, Andy, why don't we start with you? Sure, thanks Courtney. Um, so yeah, I'm the director of Campus Recreation going on uh, five years in that role uh, this summer, um, or actually going on six, time flies. Um, and you know, re really been in, engaged in uh, uh, work with, with colleagues such as yourself for the Office of Student Wellness. Um, excited to, to see some of the, the growth both in, in our department, in our, the emphasis on campus of, of well-being and, and some of the initiatives that surround it. Um, one of the pieces that we had had continued to look at, and and I think we're, we'll talk about uh, a lot today, some of the, the research that we had Sarah uh, really dig into was the impacts of, uh, of of the things that we that we offer. In particular, we looked at uh, usage of or visits to the student recreation center. So that's one of the things, one of the data points that we can measure, um, and and really. The, the piece that was that really kicked it off, I guess, was looking at other research that was done in our field. And a number of folks had, had set out with, with either the same or similar goals to try to quantify some of the value. And I, I think there, in, in many cases, there were things that were either inconsistent or missing in those it, not all, but in many of those studies that cause people to, to tend to, to knock them down and, and, and to be critical. And so we said, fine, challenge accepted. We'll go through and, and create a, a real rigorous uh, analysis. And so we, it's not just our opinion. We, we believe this, but we want to have the data. So we want to actually demonstrate that. And, and, and that really didn't go anywhere. With the amount of time required, it, it just dwindled. So we hired Sarah. Um, and that's where things really, really kicked off and, uh, and, and so excited to, to see the, the results of, of the work she's done so far and, and some, uh, some, some more of the plans we have for, for future research. Great. Well, thanks, Andy. And Sarah, why don't you give a brief overview of what you do in campus recreation? Sure. Um, so my name is Sarah Jansen-Zeg, and I, this, I think this summer marks my third year of working with Campus Rec. Um, and I, I met Andy actually as I was teaching in the Davis College, teaching research methods um, to up, upper level undergraduate students and, and actually engaged with Andy to do some research for campus recreation and uh, got, some, got some cool collaborations there and then realized that um, campus rec could use even, even more help. And we started talking about ideas and I said, I, I think I can do that with you. <laughs> and uh, we've been working on this project since the beginning. I, I didn't know if we wanted to talk about the fact that um, Adventure West Virginia um, kind of looked at, at their program and was kind of trying to assess how um, assess the relationship between participation and, and outcomes, and they did. They worked with IR, Institutional Research, to do um, – see, I don't know if we want to talk about this, but – um, they, they worked with institutional research to, to do a study, and a lot of programs at the university um, 
work with institutional research. And um, I think early on I said, well, we don't have to work with, insti- I mean, we can work with them, but we could do it in-house. And, and that's what we ended up doing. We worked with them to get the, to get the data um, and used our own swipe card data and matched it together to look at the relationship between rec center use and academic outcomes. Great. All right. So I think what's really cool is to sort of highlight the fact that your role, Sarah, in campus recreation is, is a rare one. Um, it's, it's rare to have someone whose sole job is research into campus recreation because there's that misconception that campus rec is just the gym on campus, that you just go and you can work out. And as long as you're a student, you're a member, and then that's it. And that's all that they offer. But campus recreation is so much more and actually is a really pivotal partner when it comes to student retention and persistence. And so what you two have been referencing in your introductions is a study that you just published like earlier this month in in May um, that is called The Relationship Between Campus Recreation Facilities and Retention for First-Time Undergraduate Students. So Andy, could you explain a little bit more why it was so important to study this particular topic? Sure. It's yeah, I think as you mentioned, there are, um, and, and I don't know that the the uh, the thoughts are are incorrect. I just I don't think they go far enough. I mean, we we certainly are a fitness facility. We are a gym. We are a place where people hang out and they have fun, and which is our fantastic outcomes that we we are uh, really excited about. But for for a lot of people, it's it, it is more um, from an institutional standpoint. We uh, I think are valued as a recruitment tool. It's a nice. Uh, pretty building and, and a, a cool atmosphere and vibe for people that are coming through on a campus tour. Um, and that's true as well, um, but it doesn't stop there. And, and so we know that, that those that utilize the, uh, the rec center are, are going to do better in, in those outcomes, either in GPA or, or in, uh, in retention. And, and that, those are the pieces that we, we really wanted to make more than just our opinion. A lot of folks in our field have the same opinion, um, but that doesn't necessarily translate to folks that are, are trying to, to weigh what's what's more important, what uh, what areas should um, receive more or less emphasis, what areas should we be trying to encourage our students to have finite amounts of time? Where should we encourage our students to spend their time? Um, is it while wow, you shouldn't spend all that time at the rec center, you're, you, know, you, you really should be spending it elsewhere. Um, and, and we would counter that, but that's, that, uh, we, we know that's kind of baked in uh, to the folks that, that we work with. So how, how can we actually demonstrate that? And, and, and then it's probably notable, too, that we, we chose in, in this case, and, and Sarah doggedly pursued this, the, the uh, journal that you reference um, is one that's, that's not uh, published by our industry. That's not one that is uh, typically contributed to by our peers. Um, and it's not one that has really that captive audience that, you know, we're not preaching to the choir. We're, we're really talking to folks that are, are focused every day on, on what types of things will affect student uh, academic success and, and specifically in, in terms of retention. Right. Well, that is fantastic. And so, Sarah, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the methodology that you use? So how did you find your data points and put them together and all that good stuff? <laughs> Um, could I, before I do that, could I, um, dovetail on some of what Andy was saying? Oh, of course. Knock yourself out. Cool. So, um, I think to add to what, to add to what Andy was saying that the, I think 
at WVU specifically, we have 5,000 students that come in every year and over 20% of those don't return the next year. And that cost of not returning is huge. And, and I think we're, WVU is interested in that not happening, but also nationwide these trends are occurring. And also nationwide trends are occurring that um, less and less students are coming in. And now in the wake of COVID, I think we're worried about, are we gonna be retaining people? Are we gonna be encouraging people? This is a serious thing for, for institutions nationwide. And so I think we're all really focused on retention. I think the studies within campus recreation and in a lot of these student life, you know, have shown that engagement um, offers so many things besides retention, like respect for others, cooperation, stress relief, sense of belonging. All these studies have found these things, but this study, we wanted to specifically look at retention, um, given the kind of heightened importance, and now it's even more so during um, the global pandemic of, of retaining, retaining students. It takes a lot to get them here, and then to keep them here is really important. Yeah. Well, thank you for that expansion on uh, what Andy said this is helpful. Um, so let's focus now back on that methodology question. How, how did you do the study? I need to back up. I need to refo. I think I have, I see, I can't even limit myself because my brain is still thinking like more. I have more to say. Yeah, Sarah, so. is the, for our listeners, Sarah is like the consummate researcher. And say when I said that there was going to be a time limit of about 12 minutes, she's like, I can't talk about anything in 12 minutes. <laughs> that's how like educators feel too. Like, oh, you're given an hour. I'm like, that's not enough. I need more. <laughs> well, so what we do, um, we, we have um, a really unique thing at the campus in the, in, and in campuses, but specifically at the rec center, we have swipe cards. So when people come in, they use their swipe cards. So we know how many people have come into the rec center, you know, during what duration um, of in their academic life, I guess I should say. Um, and institutional research carries a lot of information about these students. And we were able to work with institutional research with the HPEC files and the student financial aid and even the housing records to match up the swipe card data um, to that. So we were able to, um, of course, de-identify in all these processes, we're de-identifying students and um, protecting confidentiality and anonymity and, and grouping them together and reporting results in summary form. Um, <laughs> so we're protecting our students. And also these are from years past. Um, of course, all of this is, is done with a, um, with a IRB approval. Thank you. <laughs> IRB approval. So we, we have an IRB record on file. But um, so we've, we've paired all this information to, to students. So instead of just saying, hey, if you use the rec center, what's your academic outcome? We're able to um, use a regression or use a model to throw all these variables into control for those to minimize the impacts of, let's say, having a low economic profile or having a low high school GPA coming into it. So you can't just say, oh, well, yeah, I'm not actually going <laughs> to give a good example off the top of my head, so I'll stop there. Well, I think um, one of the things that, that you really tried to set out to do was to, to combat the initial, almost knee-jerk reaction that says, well, yeah, but you can't point to that as, as the reason why those people retained. They might have had more, they're more affluent, and so they had more time to go to, to go to, to the rec center, or they came from a background where they, they were already predisposed to be successful, and you controlled for all those pieces and, and, and tried to remove those 
objections, uh, hopefully at least minimize them. Thanks, Andy. Exactly. A lot of the past studies have been very descriptive in nature and haven't incorporated um, multiple variables like that. And, and some have. Um, we've taken it to another extreme by not just including all these variables, but uh, included a matching approach. So you're matching like people and then running statistics and then seeing the outcome. And that's why some of our results show a range of the impact of the relationship. Ooh, that sounds way too sciencey for me, but you're um, fine. It's fine. <laughs> but using the matching approach is, is not only the regression is very robust, but taking it to another level of, of statistical matching. Um, you know, it'd be great to say, oh, well, people use the rec center and that causes good grades, but that's that's not what this type of study is able to do. This type of setup and, and methods and in using this type of secondary data is able to do. We're just able to look at is there a relationship, and in fact, there is. And to what extent is that relationship? What's the magnitude of the relationship? And we measure the magnitude. In this case, we're looking at, well, we looked at GPA and retention, but the study we published just recently looks at retention, that first year retention. So we looked at first time freshmen um, because the majority of dropouts that occur happen within that first year um, in that, that first group. And, um, and then we just looked at the first year retention as the outcome. Okay. And so what were the overall results? You kind of hinted at it, but what are the well, takeaways? <laughs> yeah, there's a positive there's a positive relationship. It's positive and significant relationship between facility use, recreation facility use, and retention and GPA. Um, including a and this is where I give the range. So basically 7.1 to 8.4, so seven to eight percentage points higher retention for those full-time, first-time undergraduate users. Wow, which is a great result to see. In comparison to the non-users. Yeah, that is a great result. Uh, and Andy, case, do you have any other comments on that, or? Just that, you know, it, it, for, for someone, it's been a long time since I was involved in statistical uh, yeah. classes, um, and so, uh, it, Context matters. Seven to eight uh, points is is huge. Um, we 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 look at initiatives on campus where we're we're turning over every stone to try to find like a one percent um, uh, increase, and and seven to eight is 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 huge. That was uh, super exciting. Uh, you know, every every day as Sarah has been working on this for the last few years, and she come run down the hall and say, "Hey, I found something else new." It's just it's exciting, it's, and and uh, I don't know that that continues to bubble up in me where I'm like, yeah, seven to eight. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway. Cartwheels in the hall, kind of exciting. That's, <laughs> but maybe that's what you do at rec centers when you get excited. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, I think it's a, it's a huge, even 1% is a big deal at tuition driven institutions. Mm -hmm. And especially in this era where we're focused on retention. But another big thing is that this is only looking at student rec center use. It's not looking at, um, club or intramural sports, we have a huge impact there and likely, um, actually I've done some initial analysis and a stronger impact if you're thinking about sense of belonging and things that contribute to retention. Um, but also these are just first time freshmen so that we looked at in the study. So really what's unique, and a lot of people have done studies looking at first time freshman retention and they're looking at like a program, maybe that serves 40 people, maybe that serves, you know, the honors college has a very high rate of retention. 
but the amount of people that we that 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 group serves is very small in comparison to what we have in campus rec we're, we're supposed to be serving not only first-time freshmen but the entire student body the entire faculty staff and even in some cases the community so we have a huge charge <laughs> and so any the fact that yeah this is this is a big finding it is. Uh, and so what are the implications for the study moving forward? Like, do you plan to look at perhaps second year students, third year students, or on their retention, or what are you going to do with the results? I think to stay on this scope is this scope, these findings are huge within this really narrow scope. And I think it really shows the importance of social engagement, specifically rec center use, but in the retention of students. Um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Andy, while she tries to find it, did you have any comments on the implications of the study? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think we what we would ideally like to do is continue to to follow more than, than that first year retention, but also persistence as the students progress year to year. And then with, with enough uh, data to look at, at graduation rates, are, are we able to, to look at that as, a, as an effective uh, predictor? Or what, you know, to what extent there's, there's, there's a corollary there. Um, also looking at the impact, the, one of the things that is soon to come online is Reynolds Hall, which is the new B&E complex um, uh, that's, that's being built downtown. We'll, we'll essentially be a tenant in that space, about uh, 8,500 square feet of, of uh, weight and fitness space in that building. We know one of the things that impacts how well we serve our students is where, where they live. Uh, so if they spend most of their time downtown, we know they're less likely to be uh, one of our regular users. And some of that's just the, the we, we believe, just the logistics of getting to us. So, so we're going to change, and I'm, I'm delighted that we're going to, but we're going to change one of the variables um, in that just by adding more uh, facility space downtown. And so that, that'll take a little while to, to see if there's an impact there, but I, that's, I, I find it interesting. I think that, that's something that we can look at. Um, to what extent are we, are we able to impact those folks? And can we do comparative data between the two facilities and does somebody spend more time in one or the other? I one of the things that I like is doing all the what if stuff and then you try to run the analysis. You're like, nah, that didn't tell us anything or, Oh, that's interesting, but we don't understand it. So let's look at something else. Um, so anyway, I think there's, there, there's a whole lot of other pieces and, and we're going to keep Sarah as busy as possible. <laughs> well, this study is from three years of data. Um, and so three different cycles of fresh of first time undergraduate students and, and it also is from business as usual. So we haven't done anything specifically related to increasing the, the retention or, or any, we haven't focused on, on, so now we have a baseline basically. So now if, if we're doing, if we're really focusing on collecting and analyzing data, I think it shows it's super important to be collecting and analyzing data that can serve to assess new programs and facilities that we may be <laughs> putting out there in the future. Um, <laughs> One of the things I didn't mention from earlier is not going to talk about it right now. Well, oh, no, it's fine. Someone keeps texting me. This is the problem when you record on your computer. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, stop doing that. Um, 
But no, uh, well, this is great. So uh, for those of our listeners who are interested in accessing the text of this study, we're going to put the link in the description of the podcast. So you have, oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Um, <laughs> so Andy's laughing really hard. Just try it again. Just You're try popular. it again. I'll put it up. It's the wild west here. It's fine. Um, we're going to put the link to the study in the description of today's podcast uh, so people can go and take a look at it themselves. I recommend that you do because it's really great. Uh, and now for our well-being snapshot, let's talk a little bit about campus recreation in the time of COVID-19 because uh, the facility obviously isn't open because it's not yet deemed to be safe for our community members. Um, so talk a little bit about how you're staying connected to students and still offering uh, fitness services. Yeah, the, the, our fitness programming has been the, the piece that we've most consistently been able to deliver. Um, our our instructors have been putting together at-home at workouts, and so they're they're filming them in their home. So it's the equipment that you might have handy, um, included like a, a weighted jug, um, and and doing some some really I think realistic. Here's what you can can get done in your house or apartment. Um, looking at those in, in a, a range of different formats, different uh, intensity levels, and then those those are all on our uh, YouTube channel, um, so you can go back and look at them in the future. Um, we also are in the in the process of rolling out um, some live stream workouts. So the some of our instructors have said, "Yeah, this is cool, and I'm enjoying it, but I would love to have some some feedback." So we'll see. Um, I, I know some other programs across the country are are doing some things uh, via Zoom, where you can have some participant feedback uh, during the class. We would also record that, so it's it's available at, um, to you know, try try to reach some some more folks, and we'll keep doing that. I, I would anticipate, you know, we we continue to talk about once we're back to normal, whatever normal looks like. Um, what are we going to keep doing that we we started to to do right now, yeah. and and we might continue to to offer some online content. Um, yeah. We also some of our uh, by by virtue of some of the the different vendors we work with, uh, Les Mills is a, a, a we we teach a lot of their course formats. As a result of that contract, our users have access to their their streaming. Uh, classes. Um, F45 is another product that we have. They've been providing content for our instructors to then demo uh, that doesn't doesn't have the tech that you would be used to if you're familiar with our F45 studio, doesn't have the same equipment, uh, but, but a, a pretty similar um, workout in terms of intensity. So, so there's, there's a variety of pieces there. Uh, we have been doing some amount of um, little safe competitions um, that you can do in a trick shot co uh, competition where you could uh, you could film yourself doing whatever kind of form of trick shot you wanted to. Um, so we'll continue those pieces. And then eSports e is another piece um, that as we, as we get into the fall, uh, we, we've been, had some connection to in the past and we'll expand that. I, I think the, the, the biggest challenge as everyone is realizing is, is to try to, to balance the amount of time that we expect our, our students to spend engaging via a screen. And, and at what point are, are we offering things that are, that, that lose utility because I'm tired of staring at the screen. Um, so trying to uh, do a number of more creative things. So we'll see what that looks like. 
Well, that's fantastic. So everyone go check out Campus Rex virtual offerings. And I want to thank Sarah and Andy for joining me today via Zoom because we're all still working from home. Although, let's be honest, I might continue this when we go back to campus because it's really convenient <laughs> to do to record this way. Um, so thank you both. And thank you to everyone who's listening. So we'll catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesdays. We are going to change our format for the summer and only release probably about one episode per month, but then back at it on a weekly basis in the fall. So thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesdays. Okay. Okay. Bonus encore time. I, we have to give Sarah um, a pocket of time to give us a punchline that she had. <laughs> Well, maybe it's appropriate that it's bonus because we didn't include this in the original study and then a reviewer captured a question and then we found this whole new kind of, you know, again, what I, what I think of as a cartwheel in the hallway kind of finding. So um, one of our reviewers in, the, in this time of trying to publish this paper asked about um, different samples. So different samples of students. There's, um, you know, all students, we've seen this um, this relationship between campus rec participation in the way of swipe card data um, and academic outcomes. But they said, well, what about the students that maybe, you know, have a factor that contributes to dropout? So we know that Pell Grant students, um, Pell Grant recipients, um, that could contribute to dropout given a financial burden. Uh, first generation students and uh, students with low high school GPA. Well, all of those students we did some subsample analysis on and we actually found that um, there's, for example, student users who were first generation had almost 11 percentage points higher retention than their non-user cohorts. So, and this is the case for, first, for Pell Grant recipients as well, and it actually goes even higher than 12 percentage points um, for the students with low high school GPA coming into it. So what we're seeing is, and what we need to program for, is the higher impacts for the students who have some risk factors for, for dropout. Wow, yeah, that was really important to share. So uh, thanks for, <laughs> for the extra bonus time. So now our bonus time encore is over. <laughs> and again, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>